Well, hello and welcome to the Countryside Podcast with Kiri Kermode and Simon Clark. And some bits and pieces we didn't get time to play on last week's programme, Kiri, uh, from the Royal Max Agricultural Show. Uh, we spoke to the NFU. Have always have a wonderful setup there, don't we? And, and also uh, the Greater Butterfly Orchid. Have you heard of that? No, not at all. Yeah. Sounds very spectacular. Orchid, uh, orchids are, are very special on the Isle of Man, aren't they? And we speak to John Doug Collister. There's an article on the paper uh, which he picked up on and then explained about them here in the Isle of Man as well. So we'll be hearing from that. And also some uh, very good news from Peter Quayle. That's it. Peter's uh, very happy with the prices receiving at the moment, even with the Brexit ahead of us. No one seems to be sure what's going to happen, but the confidence still still seems to be around the farming community. So long may that continue. Yeah, that's all in countryside. So here we go. <laughs> Firstly, Kerry, on the farms around the Isle of Man, we usually have a chat about it, and it's been a trying time for people trying to get combine and done things, hasn't it? Oh, it's been sketchy in and out of these showers and trying to gather them up, but I think they're slowly getting there, and apparently the yields are quite good this year too. Yeah, it's been, I suppose, the time it needed the right amount of rain, the right amount of sunshine. I think it happened, didn't it? That's right. The early part seemed quite dry. There was a few people complaining around Easter time there that the ground was dry enough for the crops to get going. But um, I think with the, a good bit of heat and, and a bit of rain that's been in between, um, the crops are coming off quite nice. There's plenty of hay and silage around and, and still people harvesting away at that too. Yeah, a bit of sheep dipping going on too. Yeah, a few people have got the uh, the summer fly dips underway, just keeping them away because the flies are quite serious this summer mm. with the damp humidity weather. But um, also the sheep sales are underway. The annual breeding news, we had Anna Carusha's sale last week on Monday and Bologlonis on Tuesday. And I caught up with Peter Quayle at Central Marks on Wednesday to see how the sales have been going. Yes, uh, it's been really nice. It's uh, Wednesday the 14th. We've had... Uh, a lot of people at the mart, I think lots have come to see how cattle prices are. We've had some really good type of cattle in from David Cool and uh, Ernest and Francis Clegg. Some lovely Charolais types there and they, they sold really well. So we're, we're pleased. Hopefully the uh, buyers are happy enough too because they've gone home with purchases. They haven't been able to get for the last few weeks. And uh, hopefully the sellers are, are, are pleased as well. But it bodes well, we're just going into the harvest time and, well, I suppose everyone will be trying to lift the corn and get straw now. Well, that was a problem last year. Uh, I think this year crops are looking good, but you can never count your chickens until uh, the grain and the straw is all harvested. But uh, there's certainly an awful lot of silage about and hay. There looks to be lots of fodder and there's good reports of grain, so it's looking better option for fattening cattle and hopefully the meat plants are uh, getting sorted as well. And not only for the cattle side of things, a good sheep sale yesterday at Bologlony. Yes, we had a good sale. We were hoping it would be at Bologlony. We've been there for quite a few years now. Uh, the day before, Anna Carouche sold hers and that she had a, a really good sale. So we heard those reports. Uh, Tuesday, um, it was quite a warm day and I think some of them were combining on the north. So we did miss odd uh, buyers. But generally, we had a really good sale. Sheep sold well and tups, good quality tups. And we had a good sale. Dan, the Koreas had a good sale. Yeah. But that does bode well. It gives a bit of confidence because, as we always hear, Brexit, you know, a bit of uncertainty ahead maybe, Peter? Uh, definitely uncertainty. Um, but when you're keeping sheep, uh, they get old quick enough and you've got to keep replacing them and uh, you need those young young sheep coming into your flocks. Um, farmers will always be optimistic 
eternal optimists and we hope that there will be markets and um, the land price is reasonable at the moment and we, we just um, do what we what they do well which is producing good quality lamb and and maybe hope that some of the Manx people will buy more Manx lamb because the quality of the lamb is just lovely and uh, sometimes if they can buy a cheaper joint if they just get more taste with proper Manx lamb. We know lots of people do ask for Manx lamb and uh, look, uh, luckily quite a few of the butchers and one or two supermarkets are supporting the Manx product. Which is essential because like you say local people are wanting local produce. You know the food miles, the environmental issues that everyone having around it. You know, will, will this implicate on the farming here in the Isle of Man too? Um, it definitely has, a, has a, an implication. We know that people are very uh, honest and they try to buy Manx and sometimes they really feel cheated when they can't buy Manx or they're sold something products that appear to be Manx and then they get them home and find they're not. So there will always be that support and um, we, we just need a lot more offers. <laughs> it has been a good year though Peter generally, we've come into 2019, a good growing year. Uh, definitely good growing, um, we've had the rain and sunshine at the right times although we wouldn't have said that for the Royal Show. The Royal Show did amazingly well to get through. The Southern Show had a really good day and then the second day was a disaster. I don't know, the shows seemed to have a hard time and the amount of work that those people put in is unbelievable. So uh, it, was, it was really good to see so many people at the Royal Show. I, I was impressed. Knockhalo is a great place. They've got uh, good parking facilities and it, uh, it does dry up quite quickly. The fields look awful at the moment, but they will recover. Um, it's just like farmers, it, you think it, things will never recover, but the land has an amazing recovery rate. And what Central Mart's got ahead of itself now, Peter? It'll be a busy year, we're in August, but it won't be long till the suckler sales. No, we've got a few sheep sales coming next week, and there's others thinking about selling some. Um, but then, you're right, the autumn sales is the busiest time, and we look forward to those suckle calves. But we're always glad to sell anything, and we've got one or two customers with some cows and calves they'd like to sell so we're always trying to sell something but it has been a bit quieter than usual that was peter quail from central marts good to see a bit of positive news there the prices seem good they have they've been a lot better than last year for the annual breed new sales and we have the ram sales coming up along with the store sales and then obviously leading into the suckler calves in october there could be a bit more of a bumpy road ahead for them with it being brexit in the middle of it all but uh, at the minute people are holding steady are many people talking about it in the farming world they do talk about it but you know there's nobody's got the right answer they're relying on the alaman meets or the government for answers and nobody really knows even in the bigger picture in the uk it's a lot of uncertainty but uh, as long as you you're ready and prepared as best you can on each farm then that's all you can do mm. have you heard of angel orchids no, I have heard of orchids, but not the angel ones. Well, orchids are a big thing here on the Isle of Man. And there was some news recently and an article in the Daily Telegraph newspaper explaining to people about these uh, angel orchids that are around Britain and various parts. Uh, the greater butterfly orchid, as it's known. And I heard there was some here on the Isle of Man. So I went along to speak to John Dog Collister to find out more. I'm involved in a field called, it used to be called Balatia Meadow, but it's now referred to as Larch, Larch's Meadow, Larch Garden, in memory of her. And they vary from year to year, and this year I found two of the greater butterfly orchid that's in this article. And in this article, referred to as, in inverted commas, angels. Now, I've showed you a picture, and you can see 
possibly why they are referred to as angels. And uh, so years vary. Sometimes, uh, I think last year there was maybe approaching 60. This year, two. Wow. So uh, I don't, I'm not worried. I think it's just a year that didn't suit them. Well, I'm hoping it's a year that didn't suit them. And next year, maybe there'll be a scotch again. So, is it some uh, these uh, angel or, or orchids? Are they found anywhere else in the island that you're yeah, aware of? There are other fields that uh, that they're found in. Um, in the Curragh, uh, the uh, Trisha Seld is involved with a group, and uh, they've got um, a field there. And there's two in. Uh, she was saying there was two by the gate in there. So there's two. I don't know how many they normally have. Um, it might be a poor year from the island's point of view for greater butterfly orchids, but there are they are in other meadows round about. So it not the end of the world, but this the field I'm I'm referring to um was purchased back in the eighties by about ten or fifteen people. Yeah, because there's a good story behind the field, yeah, isn't it? Well, there was about ten or fifteen people. Um I'll name a few, but I I off the top of my head, I should have got some notes. Off the top of my head I can't remember anybody's everybody's name, but I know for example Larch Garrod, Marjorie Devereux, a gentleman called Dr. Walsh, big gentleman, big deep voice, Dr. Walsh, and Trisha Sell's mother, uh, to name four. Uh, this field come up for, for sale, and a group of people all got together, and they all threw different amounts in, and they bought the meadow. Why did they buy it? Because it, it was, in them days, and still is, a good flower meadow. They were worried that a local farmer who whose interests was in cattle and not in flowers might buy it, you know, plough it up, put turnips in it or what, you know, stubble turnips, whatever. So, uh, so the the meadow would be gone. So they bought it, and um, I got involved through. Um, I I used to do a lot of photography and inverted commas for Larch and. Marjorie, Marjorie Devereaux, the, the pair of them would go out and they'd find something unusual and they would get in touch with me, they would tell me where it was and I would go out and I'd take some pictures of it and then I would send them up to, to Larch at the museum. So that was how I sort of got involved with them. I I got involved in, in wildflowers and, and photography and Manx Gaelic, this is my story about me. I got involved in them three things all about the same time and then I, I started to combine all three. Uh, I would go out for. I lived in Balaf at the time. I'd go for a walk down the line. I would. I would only go about twenty yards, and I'd find that much stuff that I, I'd be looking at. So I'd be uh, taking pictures of these uh, things and all, and, and then I started to put them. And I've shown you my book here in, into a into a, a book. Uh, the pictures, but the owl scrapbook. The owl <laughs> scrapbook. But you see, one I put in was a Cushig one day, and I thought Cushig. That's the Manx name. And I suddenly realised, what's the Manx name for all these other things? Mm. So that got me interested in, in the Manx names. And uh, I liaised with, uh, uh, I'm terrible on people's names, uh, Chris Sheard. And we printed a book of Manx flowers, uh, that names Manx wildflowers. And uh, anyway, so I, I started taking taking pictures and so on. And Larch and, and Marjorie were interested in what I did. So they would tell me where everything is. Anyway, the group of people got together 
and they bought this field. Now, I got then involved because Marjorie Devereaux gave me her entitlement to the field sometime and said, look, you're younger than me. Uh, I know you'll look after it. And, and that was so. And gradually over the years, other people have given me their entitlement. And uh, so there's about eight or nine of them, maybe more, have given me their entitlement. It, it, it's not worth anything per se. But more recently, it, uh, we decided to try and get it fenced and uh, you know finding money and so on so I went to went to Defa anyway I explained about the field it needed fencing and uh, were they interested could they help me how would I get money anyway they went and had a look and they agreed with me it's a it's a, it's a fine field and and once looking after and fencing would help to help with management and uh, the management is at the end of uh, the summer after August being a wildflower matter you've got to wait till after August you cut it for the uh, you know to get hay off it now most farmers that that's far too late but that's what you've got to do to these fields now this field uh, is can be a bit wet and we know what the weather's like and what would happen some years is a it could be cut and never bailed off because it it got too wet. Never got dried. Yeah. Ne yeah, never got dried. So it just lay on and big rooks, you know, down the down the field, and that wasn't a very good idea. The other thing that would happen is it would be too wet to even cut it. So then there'd be another year where it hadn't grew. Not often, but these things happen. So the thought was, if it's fenced properly, and it wasn't, if it's fenced properly, you can put stock on it, you know, sheep to graze it down over winter, and that would be a, a good way of, of, of you know doing it so that that's uh they agreed and i think this donny collister fund helped uh to pay for the the field getting fenced and uh young hooksom adam uh, fenced it did a mighty job and so it's it's a good strong fence around the field and so on so i i got in touch with you because uh i i saw this they they referred to these uh greater butterfly orchid they are as angels mm -hmm. and uh, i've showed you the pictures and and they do resemble <laughs> they do look like they, angels, yeah, yeah an angel there is also a a lesser uh uh this greater butterfly there is a lesser butterfly orchid that used to grow in a meadow down uh, near to st jude's and i've been out and i got some photographs of that but but for unfortunately that field then uh, they started to put cattle in it and and it, they've disappeared so it's, it's a, a much much rarer plant this lesser butterfly orchid but anyway we've there's a number of meadows i don't know them all but there are a number of meadows that have greater butterfly orchids in them but this this particular piece of land uh, at the north here i mean it's not just the the special orchids that's there though is there no it's it's a it's a good wildflower meadow and uh, and when the uh, DEFA came and looked at it. They agreed that it it would be worth saving, apart from the fact that there was greater butterfly orchids in it, which which is like the icing on the cake. It was a good wildflower meadow, anyway, and it, it was worth preserving, to coin a phrase. So, uh, how did they preserve that? Well, they they've they've helped by fencing it. You see, the problem we had was left as it was in a wet year. If we wanted to graze it. You couldn't put cattle in it, not uh, not cattle, sheep in it, because they'd been there was that many yeah. holes, they'd be gone. So uh, the the first thing to manage it 
by using sheep you needed a good fence system but it's been recognized now and given yeah. a the yeah it's, the it's, scientific now it's, it's an, an assi scientific interest there's all sorts of things you you're not allowed to do and you're supposed to do so i've got a, a local fella who uh, you know takes the hay off it uh, each year when he can and uh, he's grateful of the hay i think they use it for horses uh, go around and pull we pull cushings out of it uh, goes against the grain a bit being a national flower <laughs> but, but anyway there's lots of cushings growing other places so we we pull the cushings because they're not good for horses but um but people can the general public can go and have a look at if they're careful can they yes i i it's not a, it, not a massive area is no it? no it's a long it's a long narrow field probably a football pitch and a half it's not as wide as a football pitch maybe and it's twice no football pitch and a half it's it's on the Balamoa Strait if people know where the uh, where, what do you call it? Balavaran Road is the Balavaran Road goes from the Balamoa Strait through to a crossroads and if you go straight across you go up to Jerby Church so maybe if you come from Jerby Church you go straight across the road you go along the Balavaran Road and you meet the bottom of Balamoa the, the strait it, it used to be part of a, the Jerby Road circuit didn't it yes. you come down the Mile Strait and, and uh, turn the corner on the Balavaran corner so you get to Balavaran corner on the Mile Strait and you turn to the Cronk Balaf Cronk and you go probably 50 yards and it's on the hillside of the road not the shore side it's uh, on your left as you're driving towards the Cronk and there's a metal gate on it there's um, we must put a sign on it at some stage it's, it's metal fenced right round about so anybody treated with respect can go for a wander uh, and and look at all the other flowers other than you know the greater butterfly orchid john dog collister telling me about the angel orchid or the greater butterfly orchid uh, which you can view here on the isle of man as long as you're careful because the orchids are very, very precious to a lot of people here on the island, aren't they, Kiri? They really are, and I'm surprised they've told anybody where they are. But uh, it's great for other people to have a look online and see what they you know, what they look like, and then when they're out taking a walk, they might come across some in normal environments too. Indeed. You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. Well, we had a wonderful Royal Manx 2019, the agricultural show in Okeelo. Uh, we heard on last week's programme uh, from all the, the prize winners, the supreme champions, the judges and the, the presidents and uh, the secretaries. Uh, there was a few people uh, we also spoke to around um, the marquees and out and about on the Saturday as well. And uh, firstly, uh, a wonderful presentation at the NFU tent, which I caught up with Natalie Mason. This is always a great uh, spectacle for the um, for the youngsters in particular, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this we're all about the community at the shows, um, all about encouraging families to come and see the animals, get up close to the animals, and then as they leave the Manx NFU area and they've had enough of close-up animals, um, they swing by our little tent here and we give them freebies and sunglasses, frisbees, stickers, flags, you know, just to kind of keep the awareness going of what the Farmers' Union does and how the NFU Mutual works alongside them to ensure all the farmers 
Well, you've been involved with the farming fraternity for, for many, many years yeah. as well, haven't yeah. you? And yeah. a, a lot have stuck by it, I must say. Absolutely. Well, uh, the mutual, the NFU mutual is 109 years old now. We were established in 1910. Um, but obviously we've been in the Isle of Man now, I think, for close on 80 years, supporting the farmers and ensuring all of their livestock, machinery, farm buildings, you name it. Um, so, yeah, I think we've done best part of 80 years now in the Isle of Man. And it can be a, a calm... Um, sort of area for years can't it yeah. and then it all needs to maybe some bad weather or yeah. something like that a weather surge can change everything I mean last weekend you know bride was flooded we had a lot of flood claims from the bride area last weekend but people will remember four or five years ago when the snow came and that was a massive catastrophe for the farming community and even our staff went out with shovels to try and help sheep out of the drifts people will remember the images from out Kirk Michael 12 foot drifts up and down the roads there um, so we're always there to support and help the farmers in any way we can and of course the machinery side of it as well Absolutely. there's a lot of money's worth of machinery oh farms. yes all, all, everyone says oh, uh, that they're claiming that they're poor but of course it's, it's tied up in everything isn't everything it? is tied up in assets yeah. for farmers I mean you come down here and you see the, 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 the huge tractors and the, the machinery and the plant that they need to, you know, to run the farms it's an expensive business for the farmers you know it goes beyond just looking at the sheep and the cows in the fields and thinking about the, you know, the revenue they make from the meat. They've got to keep that farm working all year round, and it costs a lot of money. Um, you know, and from an insurance point of view, where we are, you know, those those big tractors look robust, but by crikey, that glass pops out of them on a regular basis. The amount of tractor glass claims we get is phenomenal, but that's what we're here for. Yeah, so that's, that's what we do. Yeah. But of course, the you know it's, that that's for more of the older generation who are yeah. involved in it. Yeah. But I mean, there's something for the kids, and they're learning stuff from this Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. I mean, from the minute you go through and you see, we've got the most miles of hedgerows in than any other country in the world, just in the Isle of Man. Yeah, yeah. The minute you enter the tent, it's purely about education. It's where our food comes from. It's how it's farmed. It's the ethics behind the farming. You know, um, you'll learn a lot about Manx. Manx pigs and Manx, Manx pork here and how it's all farmed and how ethical the whole farming industry is on the Isle of Man, how percentage-wise our, our animals are more grass-fed than anywhere in the UK, they spend more time outside. Um, you know, the Isle of Man is a very special place when it comes to looking after its livestock and the whole, you know, the whole circle of rearing, you know, from basically to, to get it onto the plate. Yeah, it's very educational in there with all the animals. a lot of the farmers on the island try and keep it that way as well, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. you know, they, they try their best. I mean, from the middle of the week here, the farmers were all down setting up their pitchers, helping to build, you know, this whole thing that we've got going on here with all the animals and the pens, cows, sheep, goats. We've got it all going on, but it's the farmers that come together to build, you know, this exhibit to show their animals, to educate the Manx people, because they want people to know just how much goes into farming and how much um, investment they make into keeping things local and how really we should support local local farming and local industry and, and keep, the, keep the wheels turning and try and buy Manx wherever possible. Natalie Mason from the National Farmers Union here on the Isle of Man. Well, also, uh, the 
Tomorrow's Farmers, as it used to be called, uh, awards didn't happen. Obviously, they usually happen on the Friday, Kiri. Uh, but there were some other awards presented. It was a disappointment to not have the Food and Farming Awards this year. But other regular competitions are the tenanted farms, the cropped farms, the best beef and livestock farms around the Isle of Man. And one of these prizes went to the Cool family. And I caught up with Kayleigh Cool from Ballamoda Farm. Kayleigh Cool, the, the winner this year of two sections. I don't think I can take credit for them all, but... I just collected the trophy, so <laughs> same thing. So what have you what have you been winning? Um, this little one here is for the best crop of spring barley and we also were very lucky to win the the best livestock and cropped tenanted farm. So yeah. it's a huge achievement so because lots of people do take part in these classes. It's not just one field, it's your whole farm that gets monitored. The judges come out and look yes. through and see busy day that must have been yeah there was three judges that came around so yeah it's a little bit daunting to have um, them all on the farm and what I was going to say and what I was going to give them a tour of so um, yeah it's a nice result for so, so what did you have to do like is it just your everyday running of the farm or is it how the year pans out yeah basically we just give a chat of um, what we've been up to in that year we've invested in quite a lot of a um, little bit more sustainable and a bit more environmentally friendly aspects of the farm and just trying to improve little bits here and there that'll hopefully over make a overall better performing farm which is what we're all aiming for in the long run isn't it so are you no stranger of the show ring yourself you will have had cattle here as well yeah we did we brought two calves today so a limited show team but they still did really well for us so we're happy so yeah. going away uh, certainly full-handed uh-huh. yeah yes <laughs> full mantle peaceful we'll have to get the silver polish out but yeah it's been great some positive news from auctioneer at Nokalo Mart now isn't it it is uh, quite a habit yeah. to say St John's mm. still but uh, yeah no people people there in abundance with Peter and um, supporting Central Marts there there's some good cattle on display from Ernest Clegg and David Cool, and um, obviously the, the ram sales and store sales are coming up so let's hope uh, yeah good trade for everybody yeah is there still as much interest in, in people do they spend more time now uh, looking around and and uh, are the animals than they ever used to, or is it more or less the same? No, this, the live market doesn't seem to be as popular as it used to be. It was like clockwork every Wednesday. Now you're getting one or two a month through the summer, maybe not so many. Um, it's just a change in industry. People are doing things differently, a lot of private sales. And um, lots of people use Nile of Man Meats as well, so sold direct. Um, but it's, the Central Marts is very good, well supported by local people, and long, yeah, long may it continue. Mm, and then the orchids, of course, the angel orchids. So just be careful if you do go to these places because they are quite rare on the Isle of Man. And uh, just be careful where you're stamping. It's like, yeah, it's very like when special. you were young and you had to walk in the in the when the t- uh, carrots or turnips or something were growing. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah. You know about it, but it is a lovely sight, though, isn't it? And something very special when you come across something so rare as them too. And you can look online, see what to look out for. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there for this week's countryside. We're back next week with more. So from me, Simon Clark. I'm Kerry Kermit. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Bye bye.